Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we have a great show for you this week. There's tons of Ducks news that has gone on, uh, league news as well, in the last week. Uh, we have Kessler update to get you to, uh, expansion draft news, uh, the regular draft, uh, Holzer news. We've got Korea Solani, uh, qualifying offers, and a whole mess load of things. So we got plenty to jam-pack in this show to get you updated on. Of course, some fan questions to go over as well. Uh, we're going to kind of go in order of what happened. Uh, starting last week before the expansion draft, Eddie. Um, the, the big news that kind of came out is we, uh, we heard about uh, Kessler providing an update uh, when he got to Vegas about his injury on his hip. And unfortunately, it's not really good news. He's going to be out uh, four to five months, they're saying now, Eddie, when the initial report was only going to be three months. So that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on here uh, as we, you know, we watch uh, Botnan and Lindholm recover as well, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's disappointing with obviously with the other two injuries as well and and you know now not knowing if all three of those guys are going to be ready for the first month of the season it's it's difficult um you know hopefully his his uh progression over the summer is good and and you know near the beginning part of the season he seems ready to go uh but it's not something they're going to rush him back from same with the shoulder injuries for for Votnin and Lindholm I think they're going to take their time make sure these guys are 100% and get them in but you know if all three of these guys aren't ready come the start of the season it's going to be difficult for the Ducks to get going on on you know a, a fast pace out of the gate yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's something that, you know, they're going to have to see how all three of them do and how they progress. I mean, you know, we heard that uh, Lindholm was doing a little bit better. So, I mean, still a ways away. You know, it could be a little bit shorter time, too. We'll just have to see how it goes. And uh, that was kind of the news that broke, uh, you know, right before the uh, expansion draft. And uh, I didn't mean to scare everybody, but there was a, a tweet that we sent out about, uh, you know, Kessler flying to Vegas, which I, I don't know why, Eddie, but a lot of people took it as he was getting traded. So I didn't mean to do that. I was just saying he was getting flown out because uh, I have some friends that work at the airport and they saw him trying to get through TSA, Eddie, of all things, with the hip brace. So that was kind of a cause of concern, too, with the injury. I, I kind of expected that it wasn't going to be good when uh, I heard that he couldn't even, you know, get all that stuff off to get through TSA. So that was kind of an issue there too as well. So um, when the awards came up, another thing involving Kessler, we know that he was up for the Selkie again, Eddie, and disappointingly he did not win. And this is probably the one award you and I talked about all the awards. It seemed like they were fitting of who, who got the awards, but this is probably the one, um, you know, kind of insult to injury. He, he has the hip injury. We know he's going to be out for a while. And then he doesn't win the award, which is the one that, you know, a lot of people, not just Ducks fans felt he should have earned. Yeah, and you know Bergeron's a great player, and I, and I think he probably deserves to finish second. Uh, but I mean, like the the season Kessler had, and and it, you know you got to put bias aside and even still look at it. And and really, I think Kessler deserved it. I mean, I, I think it still would have been close, but you know the Bergeron kind of fell asleep for the whole beginning part of the season as well as the the Bruins did, and then he turned it on late and, and finished strong. But, you know, Kessler had a consistent season, started really well. He did tail off near the end, but he still played consistent and played that solid defensive role. And, and he really played that shutdown role uh, for the Ducks all season. And, you know, I think it's disappointing. I mean, a lot of us thought that he'd win it. Obviously, he, he thought he would win it uh, from the <laughs> tweets that he put out after the, uh, yes. the awards. But it just seems like, 
um, you know, the, the the voters for the award and everything. There just seems to be a bias around Patrice Bergeron as, um, you know, they put him up on a pedestal as defensive forwards go. And, and he's it's well-deserved because he's a great defensive forward, probably one of the best, if not the best in the game. But, you know, when he has a season like that and he struggles, and you look at Kessler, who, who upped his game, you know, played a, a solid defensive role, still put up 58 points last year. You know, I think he more than deserved it. And it's disappointing to see it, uh, you know, kind of, go the other way in, in this one. Yeah. Like I said, it, you know, insult to injury. He, he, he comes out with the announcement that he's going to be out for a little while and he doesn't win that. And then he puts out the little thinking man in the crying face, you know, <laughs> on Twitter and everybody goes nuts and we're all laughing because we all know exactly what that meant. So, uh, you know, on the Ducks, they actually went to zero for three in, in the uh, the awards. Eddie uh, Getzloff was up for the Mark Messier Award, which he did not win. Uh, Nick Foligno took that award. And then Andrew Cogliano was up for the uh, Bill Masterson, which obviously he did not win. Craig Anderson won that, which nobody is going to really argue, <laughs> you know, against Craig Anderson and everything that he's had to deal with with uh, his wife and the battle of cancer and everything. So that's kind of how the awards went, unfortunately, for the Ducks, Eddie. I mean, everything else seemed to pretty, uh, you know, pretty much on – par with what we thought and then you know they tied this show uh the awards show together with the uh, expansion draft and they were naming the picks usually eight or nine at a time and of course uh you know they went in reverse order so the ducks were way towards the bottom uh being announced but we talked about this on the last show eddie we thought that it would be shay theodore or jack of larson that may be offered up in order to prevent manson or Vatnin being taken and lo and behold Theodore was the one that got taken. What did, what did you think about that? A lot of people weren't happy. Yeah, I, I understand a lot of people not being happy, but um, you know, I think um, the way it worked out, I think it's the best situation for the Ducks. To be honest, I, I mean, you you dump Stoner, Stoner's salary, so that's obviously going to cost you as well. You um, you get Vaughn and you get Manson uh, protected from Vegas, so that's going to take a lot to to give up. And and you know, I saw a lot of people from Vegas perspective that were disappointed they didn't get more. A lot of people thought they should have just ignored it and taken Vaughn and flipped him and been able to get more in that package. Um, a lot of people thought that they could have gotten more than just Theodore. So I think, and I think they're right. I, I mean, the Ducks kind of got lucky by getting away with just losing Shea Theodore, and that's nothing against Theodore. He's a great young defenseman. He's uh, he's going to be projected to be a top four defenseman in this league for a long time. But you know, I think the Ducks were lucky to to just lose him and not lose some picks from next year or from 2019, or or to lose another prospect, or or to even for Vegas to say no and, and end up taking Vaughn. And I think. They're, they're pretty lucky in that aspect. So, you know, it's disappointing to lose him. I, I think, you know, he would have taken a step forward with the Ducks this year, and, and that would have allowed them to maybe look for a trade for Vatanen if they were able to somehow work out to keep all of them. Um, but, you know, in the end, you had to lose somebody, and I think uh, it, it's a big thing for the Ducks to be able to hold on to Manson uh, and Vatanen and also dumb Stoner's contract. Yeah, I still think overall, I mean, yeah, I'm going to miss Theodore just like a lot of people are, and it's unfortunate. But um, like you said, uh, being able to keep Vatnin and Manson, uh, and it looks like Vatnin may not get traded now. Remember, a whole bunch of experts thought he was going to be gone before the uh, the trade freeze and all that. That didn't happen. Um, you know, the speculation was there was a deal worked out. You and I talked about what we thought. Um, even wrote an article on it, too. I also thought maybe... Um, some of the other options out there in the forwards could have been Cordelius or, or Wagner, maybe Shaw. And I mentioned Stoner as the one defensive player that uh, would be, you know, possibly taken, and he was taken. So got pretty close there on our, our prediction of how it would go down. And like you said, it could have been worse. Uh, you know, wrote a few different other scenarios too. It could have been uh, some other draft picks. 
know, the Ducks didn't have a first round draft pick this year, but they had a couple seconds. They had a first round from next year. And, you know, the Ducks ended up not giving up any of those. So it wasn't as bad as we thought. But I think part of this, too, and I, I think we talked about it before, Eddie, is really the, the way Montour uh, shaped up last season. The way he played and stepped up, I think it was, you know, uh, faster progression than Theodore. And I think that's what kind of made Murray go this way with his decision. Yeah, yeah, I think obviously it helps. I mean, I, I don't know if we expected him to jump right into the lineup like that and then play so well in the playoffs as well, but that obviously helps. And, and then them knowing that Larson's probably going to be ready, you know, he played three games last year, and I think them knowing he's almost ready to, to play full-time minutes in the NHL helps with that decision as well because he plays on the same side as, as Shea Theodore. So, you know, th- those two things together and having guys like Magna who made their debut, debut last year uh, and having a lot of other good young defensemen in the system, it makes it a lot easier to move a guy uh, like Shea Theodore and, and to really go that direction with defense you already have. And, you know, with that, I mean, the expansion draft pretty much, uh, you know, rolled up. Uh, they picked their team, which, you know, Eddie, looking at this Vegas team, I, I mean, it actually looks like a decent team. I, I mean, it sounds like there's some more trades, uh, you know, coming and some other things that may happen. But, um, you know, we're going to be seeing this Vegas team uh, a handful of times next season. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think they're going to, you know, compete for the uh, the Pacific Division, but I, I wouldn't count them out as far as, you know, uh, winning some some games and, you know, maybe even making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they've they've actually amassed a, a pretty decent team. I think a lot of people, me included, thought they could have probably drafted a better team if they you know ignored uh, some of the the deals that they made. I think some of the deals they kind of got uh, that they could have got a better deal by just drafting that a player from that team. But you know they have a, a decent top six right now. Uh, some of the defensemen are still going to be moved. Obviously, Mathot got moved to Dallas the other day. Uh, rumors are that uh, Emelin and either Garrison or Spieser could still be on the move. But, you know, they've got some good young defensemen there. Obviously, Theodore is probably going to play. Brady Brignab is probably going to play. You've got John Merrill as well, Colin Miller. So that's a, it's not a great top four, uh, but it's a decent, uh, you know, young top four that they can mold into uh, some good NHLers. You've got Marc-Andre Fleury and Nett, so obviously that's going to be great. And, and Calvin Pickard's a, a shootable backup for them as well. And then you've got some good for- young forwards up front, too. You, you've got uh, Riley Smith. You've got uh, Jonathan Show, William Carlson, uh, David Perron. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. obviously, having a guy like James Neal and, and the, the Russian that they just signed in, Vadim Shapachev. You know, it, it's a decent team. And, you know, they're not, they're, they, they probably won't make the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, they could challenge a couple teams. And, and you know, it's going to be tough to, to play uh, Vegas when the Ducks go in there. Yeah, and it should be fun. You know, definitely the Ducks are going to see them uh, a couple times here, a couple times there, and we'll talk about the schedule too. The uh, the Ducks announced the schedule uh, as all other teams did, and we'll we'll get to that later in the show. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of fun to watch this team. Um, what did you think about their uniforms? I, I you know wasn't really a big fan of of the release. You know, the uniforms at that uh, awards show ceremony. I thought that they were just okay. I thought they could have been better. What did you think? Yeah, I think they could have been better. I mean, I thought the same thing of the logo when it was first released, too. I mean, it's growing on me a little bit, but I think they they could have done a little bit better with the primary logo. Um, I do like their secondary logo a lot. I think it, it, it's it's pretty cool looking. It's a little bit unique. But, yeah, the the jerseys as well. Um, you know, again, they, they're growing on me a little bit because I'm getting a little bit more used to them. But, you know, the, the gold with the, the, you know, the pattern the in gr- it and yeah. the... 
the red the red just kind of it you know i understand they they really wanted the red in there but the way they've presented it with the gold on the sleeves doesn't look that great and and the color of gray offsetting on the black it just you know i i mean they're not the worst jerseys in the nhl uh but they're not they're by no means the best and i think they, right. they had a lot of options they could have gone i think they could have made it a, a lot better i think you know being the golden knights i thought they could have used a little bit more gold on their jerseys, maybe with a different <laughs> right? direction with that. But yeah, I mean they're okay. Um, we'll see how they evolve from here. I'm sure they'll keep these like this for at least a few seasons. Um, but you know, I, I think people will get used to them eventually. But yeah, like I said, by no means are, are they close to the best jerseys in, in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I just thought that there was too much gray in them. You know, that's why uh, yeah. there was a t- we put out that tweet of <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gray because <laughs> I just I, I'm sorry, it's just the Golden Knights, but it's they're predominantly gray. I, I you know I don't know, and like you said, I felt the red kind of placement in there was a little bit awkward, but it is what it is, and that's the jersey. I know some people really love them, you know, and others, uh, uh you know, maybe you feel like Eddie and I do. We're just kind of like, eh, you know, it's not it's not a terrible jersey, but you know, I'm not gonna go buy one. It's not that I don't think it's that great, yeah. but. That's how I felt. But, you know, speaking of just another, you know, okay jersey, you know, they released uh, with Adidas taking over another part of this. You know, it was kind of a crazy week because you had the uh, the awards show, you had the expansion draft, you had the the jersey announcements, you had all this stuff going on in basically a 24-hour period. Um, and a lot of jerseys didn't change. And another one that really didn't change, Eddie, was the Ducks jersey. You know, it came out pretty much new in advance. It wasn't going to be a, a lot of changes. Um if you look at it, all they really did is they put uh, three white threads on the top instead of two. Um, they also had the NHL logo surrounded by kind of like an orange triangle. That's gone. It's all flattened out and it's black. Um, nothing else really. Uh, they moved uh, the shoulder patches up a little bit. But, it, I mean, essentially it's the same jersey, Eddie, with very, very minor tweaks. Yeah, and like you said, that's what we kind of thought. Um, the Ducks were – there was rumors, and none of this is, is you know for, for sure yet, but that they're going to change the jerseys. Uh, next season or the season after that um completely revamp the the look that we have now so it makes sense that they would keep something the same i would have liked to see a little bit of a subtle change um you look at some teams like new jersey they they changed it up and they changed the 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 uh stripes on the side of the arms and that looked pretty good for their jerseys they minnesota changed uh, the style of their home jersey and i think maybe a subtle change would have been nice but then again if you are looking to completely revamp uh, the look of even the logo and the jersey in, in the next couple seasons, there's really no point in, in making a subtle change now if you're only going to have it for, for one season. And obviously there's a little bit of changes like you mentioned with the the white uh, uh, laces on the front, the the no orange color that wraps all the way around. There's no orange um, triangle uh, in, on the top of the jersey behind the laces. So subtle changes, um, but yeah, it, it, over like we, we knew this was going to happen, so it's not super disappointing, but you know a lot of people... We're a little bit surprised it didn't change more. Yeah, and and you know, like you mentioned, uh, Murray had talked about them changing the jersey to uh, you know something orange, either uh, you know next season or the season after that. We did a poll question on that too. We asked you, the, you know, the fans, what you thought if you thought that they should go with an orange jersey, um, like the third jersey, if that should be the home jersey. Or if they should go with an orange jersey with you know the uh, the webbed D logo, or maybe stick to something black. And and pretty overwhelmingly, Eddie, most people went sixty one percent went with you know making the third jersey the um, home jersey. So we'll have to wait and see. Like we said, we don't know. Um, we know that the owners like orange, and it seems like that that's what they want to do for the home jersey. But it'll be interesting if they'll go with, you know, the Mighty Ducks crest with the gold triangles and all that, Eddie, or if they'll go with the D and some kind of, 
uh, maybe a different version of that, or if they'll come up with something completely different, which I don't know if they will or not. I mean, I don't think that they would. I think they would stick with either the My Duck logo or the D logo, but um, it's just something, unfortunately, we have to wait another year, Eddie, or maybe two. Yeah, and I think you you got to look at, uh, if you're looking at the D on an orange jersey, you got to look at the the Stadium Series jerseys a bit there as well, and and you know the D is obviously gold, and 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 I don't know if they really work on top of each other. You know, I, they didn't really work great on the Stadium Series jerseys. Uh, I wasn't a, a fan of them at the time because the orange and it was new, and and you know I still like them, but I don't think long term putting the D if it's gold on top of the orange jersey is something that they they would they'd like to do. I'm obviously not sure, but. You know, maybe they rework the colors. Maybe, like you said, they go back to the Mighty Ducks logo. Uh, you know, obviously they got a taste of that this year with the third jersey. So it could be interesting to see which way they go. Um, you know, if they revamp the logo, there's also a possibility for that. That's a huge undertaking. That's a, a Dallas Stars-type revamp that we saw a couple seasons ago. So there's also the chance for that. It'll be interesting to see when any news is announced, what direction they actually end up taking. Yeah, and I think it's going to be, you know, for a little while, unfortunately. So you have to wait. We're stuck with these uh, Adidas jerseys now, uh, which, you know, not much of a change, like we said. So I'm not rushing out to buy one, unfortunately. I'm just going to stick with what I got because I just, uh, you know, it's just not much there, really. <laughs> it's the same type look. So um, with that, the uh, expansion draft and, like we said, all the uh, the team picked, the jerseys revealed, all that stuff happening in the middle of last week got done. Um, the teams now shifted focus and went towards the regular uh, NHL entry draft, uh, which happened on that Friday and Saturday. Um, with the Ducks, it was kind of interesting, Eddie. You knew on day one, on Friday, they had no first-round picks. Um, they didn't uh, trade up to anything uh, to get into the first round. So in terms of the draft, you know, we felt that not much was going to happen, and not much did happen for Anaheim. But something else big did happen, which... Uh, I think about 99% of all Ducks fans were super happy to see is that the bearded one, Patrick Eves, is going to stay in Anaheim for three years. Um, you know, signed over uh, 9.45 million, uh, which is a great deal, and uh, it's a big win, Eddie, for the Ducks because uh, now if they're going to keep Vatnin and and maybe not trade him, they at least got Eves, and that's another forward that they don't have to go out there and try and find. Yeah, you know, I I think three years, three point one five is pretty good. Um, you know, I honestly would have liked to see him if he was at three, maybe a little bit less than like under three million. Uh, if he was, if this was at two years, then I would have been fine with it. it it's still an okay deal. Obviously, it's going to take him until he's thirty six. Um, I think this all depends really on on is his play with Getzloff going to continue? Like, is he going to continue to play well with Getzloff? Because he had a great season last year. You know, not going to put anything on him like that, but. You know, the, the seasons before that, this is his first time he scored 30 goals. And, you know, you got to be wary. Is he going to be able to do it again? And I think if this season coming up, obviously I don't know if he's going to score 30, but if he can play solid, maybe score 20, put up around 30, 40 points, then I think it's good. I think it's a good option. He's making around the same as Cogliano. If he can have the same impact that Cogliano has on this team, if not more, then it's definitely worth his contract. So I think it's a good deal for the Ducks. Obviously, everybody wanted him back. He wanted to come back. It's always great when a, when a player wants to come and play in the organization. And I, like I said, he, he gelled with Getzloff. He's played a big role for the Ducks last year, and I think he's a key piece in their in their top nine for this season. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. And you know, we, we've talked about the lineup before. Uh, we pretty much you know think that uh, Silverberg, Kessler, and Cogliano will stay together. So the way the lineup will really have to determine um, Eve's spot will be you know either the first or third line. I, th I think he would still like you were talking about be with Getzloff on that first line, 
and then maybe with either uh, you know Perry or Casse, and then you'd have to figure out the third line, which um, we talked about this too, which we'll get into a little bit later um, with some of the news of some of the other players maybe leaving. But um, I think that's how they'll have to figure it out. If Perry, Raquel, and, and maybe Vermet are on that third line, um, or you know, you could even try the Perry Getzloff Eves line too. So at least there's some options there. I mean, it's a little bit too early to determine what the lineup will be, but uh, you know, like you said, having him back is huge. I, um, we'll talk about some of the other free agent uh, forwards and some of the uh, goalies and whatnot. We're going to look at a little bit later in the show, but it's a huge plus. And I think, uh, like you said, the deal is a good deal. And keeping him for three years, you know, you just got to get healthy in the off season, which is kind of the theme with this team right now. But um, I'm not excited. I'm glad, you know. And when they announced it that day, I, I was really surprised. Um, not that he resigned, but just that it happened so soon. So that, that was great news, Eddie. Yeah, and, and really the way they announced it, kind of people thought there was going to be a trade because um, they right like about 20 minutes before that, uh, Eric Stevens came out and said, oh, there's going to be nothing. The Ducks are going to be quiet today. Pretty much all the people <laughs> reporting on the Ducks said, oh, they're probably going to be quiet today, just make their picks, and that's it. And then all of a sudden he comes out and saying, oh, wait, maybe not so quiet in Duckland today. And then oh, I think I, everybody probably thought there was going to be a trade or something like that. But, you know, obviously with Eves getting signed, it's just as exciting. Everybody wanted him back. So it's it's great to see. But, you know, <laughs> the way they the way they announced it, I thought there was going to be a trade. I thought Vatnin was gone and we were bringing in a forward. But, you know, it's, it's still just as just as well anyway yeah you're right it was kind of interesting that day because same thing we we all everybody thought it was going to be a mellow day i mean we we knew at least in terms of the draft it was going to be pretty mellow um you know we really didn't think that murray was going to be able to trade up into the first round and we had talked about this draft and uh you know it's early you you don't know how a draft's going to pan out it's it's you can't say it's going to be you know a bad group or a good group or whatever but the predictions were that this draft wasn't going to be as good as some of the previous ones. So there was a lot of uh, you know belief that we weren't going to do anything to trade up. We were just going to go with our second round picks and the rest, which is what you know ended up happening. Um, so that's how it panned out. And then, like you said, it was a surprise because I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, we're not really trading up in the draft. What's this announcement going to be? Is is Vatnin gone? I, I think that's what a lot of people thought. You and I both thought that we were both like, hey, okay, so who are we getting? And so. When this worked out, I mean, it was a great surprise. I mean, um, like we said, I, I, I thought it would could happen, but the fact that it happened so soon was great. So that was one less thing, uh, you know, for Murray to worry about in the off season. And um, the draft went through on Friday, obviously. And like we said, the Ducks didn't do anything the rest of that day. And then Saturday they had their picks, Eddie. And I thought the Ducks did pretty well overall. I, I thought it was interesting with these these picks because most of them – were uh, players that play multi-position. You know, they play center or wing. We also got a goalie out of this. What did you think about each of these players that the uh, the Ducks ended up picking up on day two, you know, rounds two through seven? Yeah, I think it's important to note, like you said, that, you know, the, the depth of this draft, um, you know, for top-end talent, it's not as big as the others. There's no McDavid, there's no Matthews at the top. And then when you get past that, it kind of they all kind of just blend together after the the top twenty really. And a lot of guys moved up, a lot of guys moved down. So I I think it was good that the Ducks didn't really pay a premium to move up in this draft. And and I think the guys they got were actually really good. Um, you know, starting with with Maxim Comtois at uh, number fifty. 
Um, you know, on my list, I had him ranked 25, and on a lot of lists, uh, the, you know, he was a guy that was in the uh, the top uh, in the first round, um, and uh, you know, he dropped down to to 50th, and there was a chance that he could have done that this year, and and it was really because he struggled um, in this year in the QMJHL. You know, he put up. Uh, some significant numbers in his rookie year, uh, and he ended up regressing this year and putting up less points, focusing more on a physical game. But you know, this is a guy that could really jump up next year and play, you know, similar to to how Sam Steele broke out this year and and led the CHL in scoring. I'm not saying that Comtois is going to do the same, but I think he's going to have a nice rebound season this year. I think he's a great pick. Like I said, a guy who was formerly ranked into the first round, some uh, uh, even as high as in the top 15. Uh, you know, a, a big winger, guy who can play all three positions, has a great shot, you know, yeah, great hockey IQ, decent skater, not the best skater by far in the draft, but he has decent speed. Uh, and I think it's a great pick. Um, you know, the Ducks have the ability to make a risky pick here. They have the time to develop him. You know, they don't need him in the NHL right away. So I think it's a great pick for them. And you look at the guys that went around him in the draft, I think, the, the you know, in the second round, this is one of the better picks by any team. Uh, and then you go on and you look down and, and of course the Ducks end up drafting his best friend in, in Antoine yeah. <laughs> down at uh, number 60. And I think this was a good pick too. Uh, I mean, he's another guy that were, was ranked higher in some drafts. I had him at uh, at 41 um, and the Ducks got him at 60. And it's just kind of a different direction, a, a, a goal-scoring playmaking center, a lot smaller than uh, the Comtois. He's 5'9", but a, a great player. Another guy, obviously, from the QMJHL. has great hands, very quick skater. Uh, a guy who plays center now probably projects as a winger um, in the NHL. Uh, you don't see a lot of guys at 5'9". Uh, he'll probably grow, but a lot of guys at 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", playing center. Uh, but there's a, there's a chance he ends up playing center in the NHL. But I think there's a two great picks these are two guys that were ranked a lot higher at one point uh fell down for for different reasons and and i think they're two really really good picks for the ducks in those first uh in that second round for their first two picks um and then you move down to the third round pick and 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 this one i'm not i don't really know much about jack Bodini. uh i you know they, he won uh the title with chicago in the ushl um, I think really what the Ducks wanted at this pick was Keith Petrozuli. I think they wanted to grab their goalie in this round. He ended up going to Detroit three picks earlier. Um, so I think they scrambled around and, and, and went with their next best guy. And I think this was a little bit off the board. I didn't even have him ranked in my top 100. I, I didn't see his name come up too much. And I think this is a factor of his team winning the championship uh, in their league. So we'll see how this one works out. I don't know too much on, on him as a player. But, you know, another guy who can play uh, multiple positions, plays center, plays left wing. So there's a chance that, um, you know, that's the kind of the trend they were going for, at least in these first few rounds. Uh, and then you look at the fourth round pick, another guy who can play center or right wing. So the, that seemed to be the trend they were going, looking for multifaceted players. Uh, Kyle Olsen out of the WHL. Uh, a decent pick in this round, but once you get down to later rounds, uh, you know, it kind of muddy the waters. There's a, you know, a lot of different positioning of guys uh, in ranking. Some guys were ranked a lot higher. Some guys were ranked a lot lower. So, you know, it was it's hard to predict who they were going to draft in this round. Uh, we knew they would go heavy on forwards, so obviously drafting their fourth forward and four picks was was a not really a surprise. Uh, and then the last pick, they they drafted a goalie, Ole Eriksson Ek. His brother plays uh, with Minnesota in their system right now. You know, no surprise there. Again, the Ducks were rumored to to go draft a goalie in the late rounds to to replenish that system. Obviously, losing Anderson and and you know with Gibson getting promoted, there's not really much depth in that system right now. So bringing him in, he was the second ranked European goalie. You can get good goalies anywhere in the round. Really, 
you know, a guy that gets drafted in the first round could be good as a guy that gets drafted in the fifth round. It all depends on on how they, uh, you know, how they progress. And you know, when goalies are so young, they don't really get going until their early twenties, like we've seen with Gibson as well. So, uh, you know, could be a good pick. We'll have to wait and see with that one. But overall, I think the Ducks did pretty good in the draft without having a first round pick. I think their their two second round picks were great. I think they were steals, and and you know, and, and eventually we'll see how they work out. But I, I think they were great picks for them. Yeah, I agree with you, Eddie. I think the the Ducks did do well without a first round pick, and I I think those first two, the two buddies, uh, you know, was smart. You know, they got some guys that you know you had ranked higher, other people had ranked higher, and it just Bob always finds a way. You know, doesn't he? He always finds somebody in the draft that you know somebody else looks over, someone else passes, and I mean, you know, they don't always come out and do well and be a great player, but a lot of times, you know, he and the staff do pretty good. So I was pretty happy with the draft and the way it came out. I think the other thing that you mentioned that's kind of interesting is they did go for another uh, goalie, and you know, the Ducks are kind of thin at this goalie thing, Eddie. Um, you know, Eric Stevens talked about um, Bernier and Enroth uh, pretty much testing the market and, and walking. So the Ducks are kind of short at that spot. I mean, we have Gibson and that's about it. I mean, there's just really not a lot in the organization going on right now. Um, even Figuera wasn't given a qualifying offer as well, so he's most likely going to walk. So what do you think about the Ducks in, in the free agency? You know, some people, some fans have asked, well, you know, what are the Ducks going to do next? Are they going to go get another forward? Are they going to try and try uh, try to trade Vatnin, or are they going to look for a goalie or some combination of all these? And I think obviously the Ducks got to go get a goalie, Eddie. There's there's no real backup they have right now. You and I kind of looked over the list of some of the the ones that are out there. Um, you know, people talk about Ryan Miller, they talk about uh, Mason and Elliott, but some of these guys, you know, the the price is I think too high for those guys. I think they'd have to go a, bit, a little bit lower, maybe a Chad Johnson type. Uh, could work out. What do you think? Who do the Ducks maybe try to go and get in the uh, the free agency for a goalie? For a goalie, I think there's a couple options. Uh, obviously, like you said, Miller's name has kind of jumped up in, in the last few days. Um, but, you know, he's not going to make $6 million again. But, you know, he's a guy I could still see a team paying 2 or $3 million to. And I, I think if you're the, you're the Ducks, Gibson's your guy. I don't think you really need to go out and spend that extra cap on a goaltender, I think you go after a guy like Andrews Nielsen, who's probably going to make one, one and a half million. You can go after a guy like uh, Mike Condon, Chad Johnson. Uh, you, you know, those guys right there, I think you, they can make one, one and a half million, uh, be a serviceable backup. You, you, we've seen Mike Condon step up uh, when price has gone down with injury when uh, last year, when Anderson went down, uh, or when he had to go because his wife had cancer and they stepped up and played well. And, and we're a big part. He was a big part of, uh, of their team's success. And then a guy like Anders Nielsen, you know, he's got the top save percentage um, of all the unrestricted free agent goalies. And he was playing in, in a team in Buffalo that, you know, they let in a lot of goals, so his goals against average is high. But, you know, it's always nice to see a goalie whose save percentage is high despite that. So I think he's their best option. Uh, but, again, there's always a chance they bring back Enroth. Maybe they bring back Bernier. Obviously, they're going to test free agent waters, but there's always still a, a chance the Ducks could re-sign them after July 1st. So there's a couple options out there. Um, you know, some are better than others, but you know, for 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 the amount of games that this guy's probably going to play this season, maybe fifteen or twenty, I don't think uh, the Ducks really are going to have to you know think too much on, on who they're going to end up going to draft, uh, get in free agency. Yeah, I think like you said, that I don't think the Ducks are going to look to spend a whole lot either uh, on a goalie. You know, right now we're looking at uh, you know cap friendly and where the Ducks are at, and they're they've got about five five point five million out there still to to look at. 
Um, you know, the cheapest route is probably to try and keep Enroth, you know, give him a little bit of a raise and promote him as the backup, which he may or may not do. Like you said, you know, when they say they're going to test the market, I mean, it, two things can happen. Either they go to another team or they stay with their team. I mean, it's pretty simple. So that's kind of what I look in terms of money and, and, and working it out. That's what I would try to do. But if he goes to, you know, to another uh, team, uh, either as a backup or tries to be a starter or whatnot, then I think some of the names that you and I mentioned, you know, Chad Johnson, uh, Nielsen, are kind of the ones that the Ducks could look at. Maybe a guy that they get, you know, for somewhere between one to two million. Um, you know, Bernier obviously is too, uh, too much. I, I, I would think that he would not stay. Uh, and some of these other big names um, that are out there, I don't think they're going to go after. So I think that's what you're going to look for is you're going to see the Ducks try and pick up one of those guys, uh, you know, at, at a decent price, one to two million. Um, if Enroth does in fact leave, um, you know, that's that's kind of what you got to keep your eye on here is, uh, in terms of the free agency. I don't think that they're going to go get a big name. And I don't think they're going to go get, you know, a big name in terms of a forward either. Um, you know, Eddie, uh, people asked about that too. Um, we had some of the fans asked, you know, that the Ducks got Eves uh, and Stoner is gone. Uh, That's what Greg asked us. And he he's saying, what are the Ducks going to do next? You know, are they going to try and re-sign Fowler to a bigger deal? Uh, a couple other fans asked if they're going to try and get another forward. And I think that's another thing that has to weigh into this. I mean, it wouldn't affect this season, obviously, because Fowler's on a contract. But I, the Ducks are trying to get him on another deal and, and have him stay for a few years. So that's something they have to weigh too, Eddie, is if they go and give Fowler a decent extension, which we, you know, pretty much most of the fans want, then the Ducks are going to have to figure out what are they going to do? They have to get a backup goalie for sure. They've got Eves now, so it's not really a priority to get a forward. So, I, I mean, I hate to be a party pooper, but I, I don't think the Ducks are going to do a whole lot of things here um, as we go through the next couple months of summer. Yeah, you know, right now they've got five and a half million in cap space. Um, some of that will go to a goalie. More, uh, well, it has to go to a goalie. I, I don't think uh, Hackett's going to come up and, and play backup, so they're going to have to go out and, and sign a goalie for about one, one and a half, like we said. Um, and then that leaves you with about $4 million. Um, and there's not much you can really do with that money. Um, I don't think they go out and get two forwards. I think they, they definitely bring in one. I think they need one. Um, and then from there, there's a lot of options you can you can go with. Um, you know, they're not going to go get the big ticket guys like uh, Radulov or Thornton or Marlowe. So you you got to look at a guy like maybe Sam Gagne. I think he's the best option for them. Can play third line center if they need to, or if they need him to play wing, he can play wing. Play had 50 points last year with Columbus, only made 650 thousand, so he's going to get a raise. But I think if the Ducks can get him for for two and a half, maybe even three for for at least one season or two, I think it's a good option for them. Obviously, you have to factor in, like you said the fact that Fowler is going to uh, get a raise next season. Uh, but you also look at it as well as BX's contract is coming off next season. So there is also another $4 million there that comes free. So there's a lot of moving parts. And, and you know, with the contracts coming on the books and coming off the books and on who they're going to uh, go in free agency. But I think Sam Gagne is definitely a solid option for them. Uh, we mentioned this before. There's other guys as well. Christopher Steeg's an option. Nick Benino could return if they wanted to grab a, a guy at center. But the, there's a premium on centers in, in, the, in free agency this year. Not many quality like guys who play center as a number one position in free agency. There's really only Joe Thornton, Martin Hansel, Nick Benino, and uh, Mike Fisher are really your only three guys who can play center, uh, or your four guys, sorry, who can play center out of that top crop of free agents. So 
I think it'd be better for the Ducks to go after a winger. And like I said, I think Sam Gagne, for me, is my pick. If they're going to go out and get a guy on free agency, I think he's a very good, valuable player and, and really what the Ducks need in a creative third-line uh, winger or center. Uh, but there's, like you said, there's an option for Versteeg. There's an option for Benino as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we also heard too, uh, you know, from Eric Stevens that Thompson was going to test the free agency market. So that's going to be one less forward the Ducks may not have. Again, like we said, it can go. He he may come back. He may not. But if he goes, then I, I think you're right. I think the Ducks look towards you know Sam Gagne can play center wing. Um, definitely get him at a good deal. Um, my pick that I would like would be Bonino. I'd like for him to come back. But you and I talked about this. It's kind of a difficult situation when you're playing for the the Stanley Cup back-to-back champs. I mean, there's there's a good chance that he stays there and works out some kind of deal with the Penguins. So he may not really be available. There's also Colin from Pittsburgh, but there's also been whispers that he's going to retire. So he may not be available to anybody. Um, Prestige's another one like you talked about. And really, you know, the pool for the centers, there's not a lot, uh, as you mentioned. There's a couple at the top, but, you know, those guys are all going to cost too much. Um, and I know a lot of us, we, you know, we don't really want Fisher here, so that's not going to be one that we're going to look for, I'm pretty sure, uh, or else we'd have to be friends with, uh, uh, you know, Mrs. Fisher or, or you know, Mr. Underwood or however you want to call him. But, um, you know, he's probably going to work out something with uh, the hometown there. I wouldn't see him going anywhere, or maybe he does, but definitely not here. Um, and like you said, Thornton too. So, uh, some other names that are thrown out there are Marlowe and Sharp, you know, Genla, there, you know, some other ones. I don't see any of those guys coming. Uh, you know, you got Yager, the ageless wonder. He's still out there. There are also some reports on Justin Williams or where he's going to go. And I doubt he comes here. Um, you know, another interesting one though, Eddie is, uh, Brian Boyle. That name has been thrown around, you know, he had, um, 2 million last year with the, uh, the Leafs and, there's talk of him, um, you know, looking at different teams too. So that's another one that, yeah, maybe a little bit of a stretch, Eddie, to come to Anaheim. But it's a, definitely a name I'd look at because he's going to go somewhere in this offseason along with some of these other uh, centers and wings. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, from the rumors that he, you know, Toronto is most likely not going to resign him. There's still a chance he does go back there. But, you know, I think uh, from what I've seen, his favorite team is to go back and play with the Lightning. Uh, played there for a while, a good fit there. I think he'd be a good fourth line center for them. Uh, as for the Ducks, you know, I think Vermet is our, you know, if Thompson doesn't come back, Vermet's probably our, well, he is our fourth line center. I think he fits that role better than a third line center. Um, and then if you bring in a guy like Brian Boyle, well, you know, they they kind of play the same role. They're both fourth line centers. Both are there to win faceoffs, play defensively, but there's not a ton of offense there. And I think in free agency, the Ducks need to bring in a guy. That's a score. You can put yep. up points. They need a guy who has some speed in him, and and you know they need to have three lines that can score. They didn't have that last year. They had two in the Kessler, Cogliano, Silverberg line, and they had that in Getzlaff and Perry when they played together. But they didn't really have three lines that could score, and, and consistently at least. So if you bring in a guy, uh, you know, again, I'm going to mention him. People are going to get sick of it, but Sam Gagne, <laughs> and you bring Sam Gagne and you play, say, play him with Getzlaff and Eves, and then you have the Kessler line, and then you have Raquel and Perry, and you put whoever you want on their wing, and then you've got Vermette as a center uh, on that fourth line. I think that's a, a, at least a solid three lines, and then you can put whoever you want on the fourth line. I think Vermette's a, a very good option to have as a fourth line center, and then if you decide to put Kasha with him or Richie or or whoever, um, Cordillis, if he comes up and plays. I think that's a good option for them. So, you know, the Ducks definitely need to bring in one player in free agency. If it 
you know, I don't think it's Brian Boyle, but you know, it's an option for them. And, and in the end, Bob's going to go out, get a bargain player, get a guy for $2 million that should be making three or four. We, we see it every offseason, <laughs> usually. I mean, last season was a little bit different, but, well, you know, hopefully he'll go out and grab a guy that can, you know, play an impactful role in the Ducks this season. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at these the names out there and you look at, you know, who's scored goals and, 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 and in terms of cost, like you said, you, you want a guy that's, you know, going to put up some numbers, but you want a guy that's not going to, you know, break the bank, so to speak. I mean, the, the players you're looking at, I mean, Sam Gagne is that bargain Bob type player that you're talking about. I mean, that's the guy. He only made 650 last year. He had 50 points. He's 27, can play center and wing. I mean, he fits into that area. I mean, there's some other ones out there you can look at. You know, like we mentioned, Bonino, he's 29. He had 18 goals last year, but probably stays with Pittsburgh. You've got, you know, Verbata's another one, but of course he's 36, so he's getting up there, you know, in age. Um, and Boyle, uh, a couple others out there. Versteeg, maybe that's another one. You know, Versteeg had 15 goals last year and made under a million. So those are some names that I would, you know, uh, Eddie and I threw out there and uh, kind of look at. I think Eddie's right on in terms of the lineup. I think the Ducks need one more uh, forward that can score. You know, someone that's going to put up you know fifteen to twenty goals. And a lot of those names we mentioned, those that's kind of where those guys are at. So uh, that would help out the lineup because uh, you have Ease and Gets off on that one line. And like you said, you could either put Perry up there, Casse, uh, or you know we go get somebody else. And then uh, the second line stays the same with Kessler. You have the third line um, with Raquel Vermet and, and maybe uh, Perry or Kase also, like we said, depending on how you switch it around, and then that fourth line. So I think that's all the Ducks are really missing in terms of the offenses. You know, they need another forward, and they need a backup goalie, Eddie. Um, in terms of defense, I, I don't really think the Ducks need to do anything now because, uh, you know, the other news that came out recently is that uh, we thought Holzer was going to test the market as well. And I don't really think he did because he resigned and he's going to stay with the Ducks for two years at a cheap $1.8 million. Um, so the Ducks defense, I, you know, I don't think the Ducks really have to do a whole lot here. If they keep Vatnin now, I mean, they have a solid top four. You have Holzer that's been that quality seventh uh, man role player. And the Ducks, despite losing uh, Stoner and Theodore, they still look good on the defensive side of the puck. Yeah, and you got to look at the fact that Larson is probably going to come up and play in the NHL this year. If not, he's going to be uh, what we'd hope he'd be in San Diego and, and be an option for the Ducks, similar to how Theodore was two seasons ago, how Montour was last season. It seems to be the trend with the Ducks and their young defensemen like to put them in the, NH- in the AHL and then call them up and then they end up playing for the, <laughs> the whole second half of the season. Usually that's how it works out. So that could be an option for them. But yeah, the, the trade for Botnin, it's less likely than it was before, significantly less likely than it was before. Uh, it literally crickets um, in, in news on him over the last week uh, on him getting moved compared to what it was before the expansion draft. There was, like, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, pretty much every expert was saying that he would be moved before July and that the Ducks would be uh, looking to get a forward in return. And now with Theodore gone and Stoner gone, that's kind of cooled down. Um, so I, I don't know. There, there still isn't. They still could trade him, and I think the deal would have to be a, a great deal for for Murray for him to consider trading him. It'd have to be a really impactful player for the Ducks, uh, most likely a top six winger, uh, and the the salary cap would have to be similar. The Ducks really can't take on too much salary right now with them, like uh, we mentioned already, uh, looking to sign a free agent goalie, probably looking to get a forward in, and then also. Um, you know, looking to to next season where we have to uh, give Cam Fowler a raise. So there's a lot of working parts in any deal that Vaughn would be traded. 
Um, do I see it happening now? Probably not. Um, but you know, it still could, you know, we can still hold out hope. I, I really do want them to, to bring in a forward. Not that I don't like Sammy Votnin, but I think they have good options, uh, behind him. But, you know, if you do trade him, you have to look as well. The, the depth without Sammy Votnin, there's not much there. If you get a guy like Lindholm injured, you know, you're bringing up Holzer to step in. You're bringing up maybe Magna to step in. You're bringing up Wilinski to step in. You know, it, there's not a lot of options if you do end up trading Votnin. So, you know, that's what leads me to believe that maybe they don't end up trading him after all. Yeah, and it may be a problem, too. I mean, we're still a couple of months away, obviously. It's, you know, in the beginning of summer. But we know Vatna and Lindholm have their shoulder injuries and they had the surgery. So the Ducks may be a little, be a little bit shorthanded. So Larson is definitely one that you could see uh, in a Ducks uniform come October. And that's a couple other fan questions we had, too. We had one from Nick and another one from Tasha. They asked about the different prospects and who do we think um, could possibly, you know, make the team. Obviously, some of the big names that come up there that everybody knows is uh, Steele and Max Jones. Um, of course, Montour now is pretty much going to be up in there as well. Uh, Larson, I, I, like I said, I would throw in there, especially if Votnin and or uh, Lindholm aren't able to go right away. Are there any other names out there that you would uh, want fans to kind of look at as you know the development camps come up around the corner here? We don't have the exact dates, but uh, you know it's coming up soon here. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I don't think the Ducks have any standout prospects other than Larson that are really going to make the jump. Uh, you know, Cadillas, you can't really count as a prospect anymore. He's probably going to play this year, if not in San Diego uh, for most of the season with the Ducks. Um, you know, Max Jones, I don't know if he's ready. Um, I think another season in the OHL could be great for him, but obviously with a guy with, with size and skill like that, there's always a chance he could make the team out of camp. Uh, and I think the the big question mark is Sam Steele. I, I know Regina would love to have him back. They host the Memorial Cup this year, so they're you know that's going to be a big part of their team. Um, but you know I, I think it'd be tough for him to make the team out of camp. He'd have to he'd have to wow somebody, and and like, he would have to play amazing through camp, and then the the nine game trout that you get before your ELC gets burned, he would have to get in there and play amazing and, and make the Ducks not send him down and and not that I don't think it could happen but I think it's realistic uh, that he goes back down to Regina plays another year of junior and, and then makes a real run at it next season um, so really I think it's Larson maybe Nottin could push out of camp but I think he probably starts the season with San Diego as well um, but yeah I mean there's not a lot of options for the Ducks come that but you know most of their guys have already been uh, graduated and played you know we had Cordillis, uh last year we had Kasha last year so you know there's not a lot of guys that have to come out and and make the lineup for the Ducks to be good I, you know the Ducks have the luxury of being able to let these guys play a couple more years of junior uh, get some experience under their belt and come into the NHL when they're in their early 20s um, so I, th- I think that's good you know we saw that with the guys they picked this year they're going to be able to play at least a couple more years of junior junior before they're ready um so it's a huge advantage for the ducks to be able to do that we've seen it for so many years with the with detroit so i think it's great for the development of these young guys yeah that's one thing for sure the ducks definitely have depth I and mean, don't have to worry about that there's going to be players there that are going to be ready uh you know like you said maybe maybe six months to a year or whatnot so i would keep an eye on, on sam Steele though because i remember murray at the uh, select a seat event talked very highly of Steele. so I'm not saying he'll make the camp either i think it's going to be tough like you said eddie but if someone's going to make it, you know, I, I could see him doing it. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's not going to be easy, but it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, but for sure, Larson, uh, given the situation of what's gone on with uh, Stoner and Theodore being gone and the injuries on the blue line, 
um, I, I would definitely keep my eye on him as well. And, you know, the Ducks also did um, some qualifying offers, and they didn't do some qualifying offers. So they let go of some, uh, well, not officially, but as of July 1st, some of the uh, the Ducks players will be uh, free agents. Um, Emerson Edom is one of them, and Ryan Figuera. Those two will be unrestricted free agents come July 1st. Uh, the Ducks did extend offers to Kevin Boyle, uh, Max Goretz, uh, Jacob Megna and Nick Sorensen. So that's kind of what the team's at right now, Eddie. They've got those other guys to sign. Uh, what happens is when they give a qualifying offer, basically the players can agree to it. It's a one-year deal, and it's usually uh, their contract or a little bit more. Um, depends on the money uh, amount involved. But uh, if those players decide not to, the Ducks still retain their rights. Uh, as far as trading or whatnot. So those are the ones that will probably come back. Uh, and then, you know, the two that are leaving. I guess the the big one, Eddie, that a lot of people have been talking about is unfortunate is Edom. You know, that's the one that uh, after getting injured and kind of falling off the map, you know, this last six months to a year, um, it seems like he won't be back with the Ducks. Yeah, I don't think it's surprising. Um, you know, didn't really impress last year. Spent most of the season injured, I believe. So, you know, it's hard for him to even come out and, and do much for, for the Ducks. But, you know, I, I would have liked them to maybe, you know, it, there's still a chance he can come back. We saw with Washington, they didn't um, extend a qualifying offer to Brett Connolly. And then 20 minutes later, they re-signed him to a new two-year deal. So there's always a chance that Edom can come back and play. I think it would have been a good option for the Ducks maybe on their fourth line. You know, a speedy guy who can, who can score goals uh you know, uh, coming up between the AHL and the NHL all season, he could have been a solid option for them. Like I said, there is still a chance he comes back and plays, but I don't know. I think, you know, maybe the Ducks have finally decided to move on after waving him, having him get picked up, bringing him back off of waivers. Um, you know, maybe they're just finally ready to move on. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see um, come July 1st if he ends up re-signing with the Ducks or if he ends up going somewhere else. Yeah, and then that that'll be the uh, the topic for the next podcast. Obviously, it'll be uh, the July first craziness that will unfold, as you all know, is coming up in a few days. And that's what we'll be covering there. But um, one other uh, piece of news that came out this week, Eddie, uh, something that made a lot of Ducks fans happy is that uh, Tame Solani was named to the Hockey Hall of Fame, which wasn't really a surprise. A lot of people knew that, but. His sidekick from the Mighty Duck days, Paul Correa, made it as well, and that made a lot of people happy as they're both going into the Hall of Fame, class of 2017, Eddie, uh, together, you know, the dynamic duel that, uh, you know, helped, helped build the Ducks back in the, the 90s, uh, really, you know, and obviously Korea taking the, uh, the Ducks to their first Stanley Cup final in 2003, coming up one game short, unfortunately, but, you know, led the team uh, in the early days, was the captain early on, um, it's just a really good, you know, you go back, you watch some of these highlights and you just kind of get excited. You think about uh, the early days of the Ducks and you just can't uh, reminisce and, you know, be happy that uh, both of them good friends going in together in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, they had to go in together, didn't they? Like, uh, <laughs> it, it had to work out like that. I, I mean, we knew Solani was going to go in. That was kind of obvious, um, you know, first Bella Hall of Famer for, from the day he retired. But for, for Korea, it's great. I mean, uh, we talked about it last year. We thought he deserved to go in. Um, and he didn't go in, and now this year it, it's great to see him go in with Solani, and it was a it was a good surprise to me. I mean, I woke up and I saw all the news, and um, I, you know, I was we knew Solani would go in, but it was a great surprise to see Korea go in, and hopefully, this leads to him 
Uh, you, you put out a poll, but hopefully this leads to him getting his jersey retired in Anaheim and, and him hopefully coming out and actually being a part of the Ducks organization. We saw a little glimpse of it in the playoffs with the whole uh, number nine thing with him painting it over with the fans. So, you know, hopefully we start to see more of that. It'd be great to see him become part of a team uh, like Solani has uh, over the last few seasons since his retirement. You know, there's a lot of people that love him in Anaheim still. You know, we definitely saw from the results from the poll that you put out on Ducks and Pucks that you know a lot of people want his jersey to be retired more so than the people who don't so I think it'd be great for him to get back into the fold and, and really become a, a you know a huge part of this team yeah I mean speaking of that poll the last time I looked it was 92 percent of you out there said yes so <laughs> I mean it's pretty much you know almost everybody is you know feeling and I think a lot of it has to be uh, you know all the stuff that he did for the team in the beginning like we said being one of the early captains you know the the first round pick in the uh, 93 uh, entry draft and uh, you know leading the team almost to winning the, the cup um, unfortunately some people are still you know upset because he left the season after that. Uh, you know, he had a concussion issues as well. So some people were talking about how he felt about the league and whatnot. And he told the media, you know, uh, when this announcement came out that he has nothing against the league. You know, he's not upset with anybody or anything like that. Um, he, you know, he's just it, it's just funny because he and Solani are, you know, yin and yang. Solani's very outgoing, talkative and everything. Korea's not. He's more of a quiet person and, that, and an introvert type person. That's that's his personality. And I think sometimes people maybe misunderstand that or maybe, you know, think a little bit differently. But I think that he should be up there. And he even was asked about that, and, and he totally deflected it too, Eddie. He's like, no, you know, Niedermeyer and Jaguar are the ones that actually won the Cup. They're the ones that should be up there, which I thought it was great for him to uh, do that, you know, because he could have sat there and, you know, said, oh, yeah, I should be, you know, but he didn't. He He gave credit to all the other people that, help the team after he left so i thought that was you know a classy uh, response to that question from the media and uh you know i hope it happens and we, we talked about it before on who else we thought we'd be up there we talked about jaguar we talked about niedermeyer um you know some other ones that are up there so hopefully there'll be a couple more names going up there soon but i definitely think he deserves it. i'm glad that they went together you know the dynamic duel going in uh, it's just fitting the way that it uh, all unfolded yeah, and, and like you said too, it'd be it'd be fitting for for both of them to be up um, in the rafters with the you know like the like you said the the dynamic duo for both of them to be going to the Hall of Fame together for both of them to hopefully have their jerseys retired by the Ducks uh, and then for him to get back in the organization and play you know play a similar role to what what Solani does now and it'd just be great to see him in, in the arena again. I, I mean you know I, I don't know you couldn't count how many people were happy to see him back uh, in that little playoff feature that he was in. I mean I was one of them included in that. It was just great to see him in a Ducks jersey again. You know just happy and you know you look at his comments after saying it took him a year after he was retired to feel normal again because of the concussion. So you, know, you, yeah. can't, you can't blame the guy for being a little bit upset with the league and how everything was handled. But you know the important thing for him is he's, he's feeling good. He's he's healthy. You know, he's in, now he's a Hall of Fame uh, member. So, I mean, it's just great. It's great to see him doing so well uh, and for him to be recognized for, for the player that he was. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully the next step, like you said, will see number nine up there next to number eight. So that was, you know, a good 
uh, piece of news that came out too, because like you said, we we all knew, everybody knew Solani. We were pretty sure that he was going to be up there. Um, so to see Korea as well was was definitely a, a good way uh, to start off this week, you know. And uh, what a busy week! Um, there's so much stuff going on. Um, you know, the the last bit of news that came out too, Eddie, was uh, the Ducks released their schedule, just like all the other teams out there. So now you can start planning, um, you know, your season. Um, as the Ducks uh, will get going here in October. Uh, I ended up actually moving my seats a little bit. I got back to an aisle seat, which I'm very happy, Eddie, because, you know, I have, you know, a big frame, so it's kind of hard for me to get in and out of seats. So I'm happy to be back on the aisle. But the schedule is going to be, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the Ducks are going to start at home on October 5th against Arizona. They're going to have four games uh, on a homestand to start the season, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, obviously we mentioned, uh, they're going to be playing Vegas a couple times. We're still trying to work out. We may do some kind of a road trip thing. Um, you know, not a guarantee, but working on that, uh, looking into, uh, you know, getting tickets and, and figuring out how we can uh, logistically work that. But there's that part that I'm looking into and, um, some quirks on the schedule too. Uh, the ducks, they're going to have their black Friday game again. Uh, it will not be against Chicago, Eddie, so we do not have to worry about hopefully losing that game. It's going to be against Winnipeg, uh, so there's a little change there. They're also going to play another New Year's Eve game uh, that's going to be at 1 o'clock local time, so people can go to the game and still go out and do their partying for the New Year's. They're going to host the uh, Arizona Coyotes that day. Uh, then they got some other early games. It's kind of weird. A lot of early games in this schedule. On uh, Martin Luther King holiday on the uh, January 15th, they're going to be playing the Avalanche at noon. Uh, they're also going to go to Montreal and play a, a 10 a.m. game, and they're going to go to Minnesota and play 11 a.m. game. So some early games, kind of weird in the schedule, Eddie. But um, it, you know, it's exciting to already see the schedule be posted, and a lot of people are ready. Uh, it's not even July yet, but people are excited for the next season. Yeah, I mean, I think with the, how far they got this year, I think everybody's ready to go for next season. Hopefully, they can push it a little bit farther. I, I mean. You know, just with everything going on, I think everybody's just happy for a little bit of normalcy with the the schedule being released. Don't have to worry about an expansion draft. Don't have to worry about losing players. You know, the draft's over. Uh, all the, the crazy trade rumors are cooling down a bit. And now we're just moving into free agency, which is going to be a whole other uh, batch of craziness. So for for people just being able to see the schedule and knowing, you know, when the games are going to be, what games they can go to, I think it's nice for everybody to, to see that and get ready for next season. Yeah, like, like you said, it is kind of a relief. You know, a lot of stuff happened this week. This was just probably one of the busiest weeks, uh, you know, because when you tie in the, the the New Jerseys with Adidas, you tie in the Vegas show, you tie in the Vegas draft, all that stuff. You know, the Ducks get eaves, you know, the injury news, Holzer's coming back, you know, other players maybe going. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on this week. But uh, I think one thing to leave everybody with before we close out the show is I, I really do think the Ducks have a strong chance next season. Um you know, with Eves back, uh, if they do keep uh, Votnin, uh, they don't need a lot of pieces, Eddie. You and I talked about through the show. They need a backup goalie. They definitely need another forward. Um, but there's really not a lot to change. I, I, I really think that this team can make a strong run. Uh, given everything that's transpired in the last couple of weeks, and we still don't know if certain players are coming back and whatnot, but I still think there's a lot to be positive about with this team. And I think next season that they're uh, – you know, going to be ready to go. They may have to deal with a couple of those injuries in the beginning, but after that, I think this team's going to make another push. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, they were a couple pieces last year away from from you know winning the cup. They needed a couple 
uh, more depth players who can come up and, and, and play a goal-scoring role on their third line. And they needed a, a solid backup goaltender. Obviously, we saw that in Game 6. And not that Bernie didn't play well during the regular season, but hopefully for Gibson, he can stay healthy in the playoffs and, and be a, a big factor there. And, you know, there's not many things that they really have to work on. Obviously, they're in win-now mode, so you want to be able to come out and build a good team and, and hopefully win a Stanley Cup. That's the goal. But, you know, they're going to have a good season this year, and they're a couple pieces away from, from really being contenders. Yeah, I agree. And I think you have a lot to be excited about this season. So um, with that, we're going to, you know, we'll post all the updates uh, come on that free agency uh, frenzy, obviously on July 1st, if whatever unfolds with the Ducks, we'll see what happens in that, maybe not necessarily that day, maybe it's the day after, but you know, a lot of the news comes out within that 24 hours. So we'll monitor that and get you up to date. And then uh, uh, have a podcast after that, you know, going over whatever does or doesn't happen with the Ducks and, of course, around the league as well. So hope you have a good week and let's go Ducks. <laughs>